What's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name's Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. And man, I'll be honest, I'll be vulnerable here. Today was a long day. It was a long day. I woke up early, got yeah. home late. Yeah. It was but, a long day. But you and I spent a lot of time together today. We did. And I'll say, sweet. although it was a long day, yeah, bro, today was a blast. <laughs> it was just one of those days, like... This is the joy of student ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because student ministry, like we do, we work hard. There's a lot of logistics. There's a lot of hard work that we have to do. But also, that is paired so nicely with doing absolutely insane things around our office and not getting fired for it. Yeah, man. It's work hard, play hard. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> we were filming videos for summer camp today, and it was like basically just running around one of our offices with like a microphone attached to a plunger just uh -huh. like man annoying the crap out of anyone and everyone like there are people praying and i was just like gosh <laughs> i'm getting fired uh, it was just... bro it was it was a good time i was like man this was this was gold it was uh, we can't obviously we can't reveal what we did because no, that would ruin it for the plethora of students that we have that tune into our podcast each week at summer camp but man it was good it it's was, hilarious it was so funny so like uh Alyssa texted me today she's like hey so what what did you do and I was like well I went to a meeting in the morning and then I played pretend with Victor <laughs> in, in the afternoon <laughs> and she was like oh cool awesome <laughs> sounds like job? a productive day yeah 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 yeah. C so what did you do congratulations oh yeah so we did that and then after i know i we both had our own campus kind of like things tonight which was great but i got to take my students to an escape room which was really fun it was really fun i'm, I'm sure um, it was but how, how did they do my students, a couple of them got really close to getting out of the escape rooms. <laughs> a couple of them got really close. Did any of them actually beat the escape room? Maybe next time. It's okay. Maybe it's next okay. time. I'm like, what does that have to say about me as oh, as yeah. like a discipler? Yeah. You know, like, am, am I, do I need to call my students up into defeating the, you know, evil kingdom dragon escape room that they were all trapped in. There were some interesting themes. There was a Christmas escape room. Sir, it's July, June, whatever month it is. There's a Christmas one. <laughs> no, man, it's like st students take after their 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 student directors and like Oh, people do take, they? People take after their disciples. And so I'm like if you if you really want to take like a good honest look at like who you are, <laughs> Take a look at the people that follow you and their characteristics and their traits, and it's very humbling. It Amen. is incredibly humbling. And what does that say about my mentor, my discipler? You know, mm. that's just, they're a grand discipler, <laughs> as they may say. Like a Ew. grandparent. Ew. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about this, but like, you know, in Star Wars, I, got, I, just, I just actually finished watching Rebels before we got on here. It's like, you know, the Grand Inquisitor? That's, yep. li that's literally the thing I was thinking. <laughs> it's like he's the grand discipler with like the little like the <laughs> spinning spinning lightsaber. The spinning lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, don't get me started on lightsabers. I have plenty of them in my room um, the that I get made fun of. I get made fun of my lightsabers. Who? By so many people. Who? I can't who, name who names. Makes not on the you? podcast. Not on the podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. I don't want to fight fire with fire. I'm not trying to do that. That's not my character. Uh, I can't say. No. Okay. 
It was scrap. But he needs to stop. <laughs> he needs to calm down. Because lightsabers are cool. Yeah, man. And I'll die on that hill. Yeah. So, and welcome to discipleship. All of your students are going to be 3D printing <laughs> lightsabers in the next three weeks. It'll be great. That sounds like that sounds like a great group of students to me. It's great. Um, but you're actually right. I think about it more and more. And when I look at my relationship with my mentors and my disciples over the past years, I really do take after them in a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah. Like their characteristics in a lot of ways have like been passed down, whether it's funny things like, you know, personality type, or if it's like actually serious things when it's like, yeah. you know, when you dive into your word or go to your devotional, it's like, I take after my mentors and my disciples by uh, quite a lot. I figure yeah. that's a great thing for us to talk about today. Um, discipleship, disciplers, like mentors. What does that look like? I don't know. I just, when I reflect back on my life, I know for a fact that I would not be sitting in this chair in North Carolina with the family that I have, with the community that I have, with the church that I have, like if it weren't for the key role that my disciplers and mentors played in my life. Yeah. And so I figured we just spend an episode and reflect on that. What does it mean to be discipled? But then what does it actually mean to also disciple? Because those are two things that the Christian is called to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fascinating thing. Like this is not just a ministry conversation, obviously like that's a big part of our jobs. But if you look at Matthew 28, great commission, Jesus says to go and make disciples. He doesn't caveat it. Like, Hey, pastors star, that's just for you. Everybody else y'all enjoy. Yeah. But like the call for every single one of us as Christians is to go and make disciples. And it's implied that you were once a disciple who was now making more disciples. That, 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 that's the implication there. Um, and man, I think the biggest implication of that is like that for me, that started in the home. I don't have any like mentors growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, you can call some of my coaches mentors, but I think yeah. there's just more proximity than like, I never had somebody sit down and be like, Hey man, so for like the next year, I'm going to like walk with you through life ups, downs, mm-hmm. all these other things. Um, for me, I just had like my mom and my dad, those were the two people that in essence, like were my mentors and my disciples because they were my parents. And I think the older I get now, the more I realize, like I really have gotten the best from my parents, but like, because they're human beings, like you also get like the good, the bad and everything. Like yeah. your parents just get passed down onto you for better or for worse. And that's not a bad thing. But I think that does highlight like the role of disciplers and mentors in our lives um, is that ideally we want to show people Jesus. We don't just want to make many us's like, yeah. the, the, like discipleship is not, you know, replication of ourselves. It's discipleship towards Jesus. Um, and, but I think like that's the type of stuff that starts in the home. And the beautiful thing is that like, all right, well, if, Maybe your story isn't like me and maybe you didn't have like a mom and dad that like shaped you in that way. Maybe your mom and dad weren't present. Like, great. The, the God has given you the church. And yeah. I know Victor like had that with his family, but, but Victor's also had like men and women speak into his life outside of his parents that have like been super formative in his life that like haven't always been there for me. Um, so even if you don't have parents like that, that may have walked with you or coaches that have walked, like you have people in the church Um, and like, that's one of the main reasons that God has even instituted it. Yeah. I'm, I'm similar in the sense of like, man, my parents had me in church, love Jesus, 
and I'm so thankful for that. But when I look across like my spiritual development, <clears throat> my parents weren't at the head of that. Yeah. And that's okay because the Lord was super faithful in putting people around me that were. And so I remember going to fifth grade summer camp with my church back home. We went to the beach and I was on the red team. Our team was called Red Swag. We were the coolest team ever. That is the most the best 2011 thing I've ever it heard was, in my life. It was me, David, my friend David, and then like 18 girls. And I was like, man, this <laughs> is summer camp. I want to come to church camp every single year. What a Because the Lord is just like, man, he put me in a place to thrive. Your and so I was, <laughs> right. So I was there, I was at camp and I found this guy. He's a small group leader, not a small group leader in my group. And his name was Kevin. And I just began talking with Kevin and just meeting with him at, throughout the summer camp and just realized we got along really well. And over that year of me being in fifth grade, sixth grade, he was my small group leader when I went to middle school. And there was a point where I sat down with him and I just asked him, I was like, hey, can you mentor me? Like I asked him, it's like, I want to get together with you once a week and let's read a book of the Bible. And I just need you to disciple me. And that's what I asked him in sixth grade. Um, And you can go back and listen to other episodes where I talk about like there was the Lord was doing a lot in my life in that fifth to sixth grade transition. So I needed someone to mentor me. And man, he's been my mentor ever since. Like he's my mentor to this day. I talked to him on the phone today about yeah. some things that I like that was going on in my life and in ministry, and I just needed some some mentor advice. Yeah. And when I say there is such a beautiful thing that happens when you have that type of relationship yeah, with an older, wiser believer, whether it's your parents or someone else, that can help steward you that can help shape you, that can help point you to Jesus in a way that maybe your peers can't. Because yeah. when you look at your peers, that's you're, you're walking the same journey together and there's accountability and there's things that can happen. But when you look at a mentor, a mentor has seen it. A mentor yeah. has done it. Yeah. And they are carrying you through it because they've been there. Those, those are the key differences. Yeah, And so, man, when I look back at my life, I am so incredibly thankful for Kevin. There's a guy named Jim who was my mentor for a period of years. who was amazing. But when I say I had to actively seek it, like I was the one that initiated every single one of those conversations. Yeah. Because they weren't necessarily going to come looking for me. I had to go searching for them. Well, and that's fascinating because, like, I don't think I've ever growing up, like, I, don't, I never sought it out. That was not ever something that was, like, on my radar. I think primarily because, like, you you grew up in student ministry, right? Yeah. I, I didn't grow up in student ministry. And so, like, that kind of, like, instituted small group student relationship, like, I wasn't around that that much. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that you initiated it. And so it's like, you don't always have to wait. Like sometimes like someone come like, Hey, like I'm going to mentor you. Other times, like you see someone or something that you want in another person, like, man, like I love the way that, that, that she prays. Like, I love the way that, you know, he cares and he loves for people. I, I, I love their, you find something you want in that person. Like, man, can I come sit with you and yeah. can you teach me, um, how to follow Jesus? I, I think that's pretty admirable. Um, and I, I think with that, man, I'm like, when we're thinking about like qualities that we want in like a mentor or a discipler, um, that person needs to love Jesus more than I do. 
Yeah. Um, like, yeah, y- yes, there's experience, but experience doesn't always equate to Christ likeness. Absolutely. And I'm like, man, like you, you just got to love Jesus. And uh, well, one of the most like, honestly, kind of humbling illustrations is that, uh, what, what one day I was during like a, a worship rehearsal and there was a student that was standing next to me and literally it was just me and him were standing in the middle of the aisle. And when I took a step forward, he took a step forward. When I took a step back, he took a step back. And then I was like, oh, he's shadowing me. Let me see how far I can go with this. I took yeah. two steps to the left. He took two steps to the left. I took two steps to the right. He took two steps to the right. And then I was like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm just following you. Like that right there is the effect that disciples and mentors have on students for better or for worse when you lead people, they are following you. So let's make sure we're leading them somewhere where they want yeah. to go. Um, yeah. Like leading them unto ourselves is not like, we don't need many Reagans or many Victors or many whoever's like, we need people. Discipleship is making people into the image of Jesus. It's follow me as I follow Christ. So when I think of somebody that like is worthy of being in that discipleship role, that disciple or mentor role, man, they, they got to love Jesus. Yeah. Deeply, passionately. Um, everything else is secondary to that. Yeah. And I think that is obviously, if you don't have a mentor, I encourage every single student to be discipled by someone. For a lot of students, that's a small group leader. Um, but maybe you're not a student. Maybe you're a college student or maybe you're an adult. There is nothing wrong with finding people who are experienced, seasoned, as we call them, at our church and asking them, hey, can we get coffee once a month? Yeah. And can you just, can you, like, if I present to you a transparent self and I lay everything out, like, can you help me love Jesus better? And the number one quality that you have to seek out is that they love Jesus. Um, It's really, it's really fascinating, even with my mentor our relationship has changed over the years. When yeah, I was in seventh yeah. grade, I looked up to my mentor like he was the most perfect human being ever. Like yeah. he was the coolest dude. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I viewed him a certain way. And now that I'm an adult, I'm in ministry. Yeah. I've, you know, I am in student ministry. He's an adult. Obviously he's in student ministry. Our conversations have, have morphed. I'm still transparent. I'm an open yeah. book with him and I lay everything out on the table and I let him speak into my life, but I don't see him as this like perfect human being anymore. Yeah. But I know that he loves Jesus. Yeah. And the fact that he loves Jesus and is pursuing after him makes me comfortable being that open book. And that's yeah. what's like when I'm discipling students or I'm discipling other people, that's the thing that I want them to feel comfortable with doing. I want yeah. them to be able to say, hey, man, Victor loves Jesus. And because he loves Jesus, I can be an open book. Like that's I, the thing I want people to see. I love that you said that you can see that your mentor isn't perfect and that's okay. Because mm-hmm. like I, I do think you're 100% right. I think mentor and discipleship relationships change. Um where like, especially early on, especially if there's like a big age gap or like a spiritual maturity gap, it's more like, Hey, let me teach you. What questions do you have? Let's go back and forth. Yep. But like the older someone gets, it turns more into a peer to peer. Hey, how are you? You check on me. Like it's okay for the relationship to change a little bit. But I think like just by the very nature of our jobs, like discipleship and being disciplers is a big part of like what I 
do, um, whether it's in ministry or just my personal life. And the, the things that I've struggled with is like that, what you just talked about personally, where for some reason, I feel like there's this like pressure to be perfect. They're like, oh, I can't either disciple somebody because I'm like, man, like I know the sin in my own heart. Like there's also the fear of creating another Reagan has kept me from yeah. like discipling and pouring into other people. Um, and honestly, man, like I've, I, I've struggled with like, man, people that I've poured into students that I poured into, like, man, if they make a decision that I don't agree with, like carrying the weight of that or like not even like the burden or the hurt but like the responsibility of like that's yeah. my fault and honestly man like i don't think i'm through that i don't think i have a solution to that right now but that has caused me to view like a disciple or a mentor role kind of heavy mm. like Knowing that like I, I'm I'm insufficient for it. like that, that, that's why my default anytime I kind of step into like a discipleship role with people is like hey I'm not perfect and you sh- you should you should not follow me but like the best thing that I can do is like all right if you're gonna ride shotgun with me for X amount of time you're gonna see the good the bad and the ugly and you're gonna see how good and faithful that Jesus is throughout all of that and so if you can see Jesus through some of my insufficiencies praise God like that's that's the whole purpose of this. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I think, I think for me, like that, that notion of perfection, um, has just caused a lot of hesitation and I think guilt and stepping yeah. into disciple and mentor roles. It's, it's interesting that you brought that up because I think my relationship with my mentor had a- like actually grew like, and, and my love for Jesus actually grew when I began to realize and see that my mentor wasn't perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, what I realized was before I had this standard that I thought my mentor set Mm. that was not reachable. Mm. It was not attainable. I viewed him as like second under Jesus himself. Right. Yeah. Like I just viewed him as this man can do no wrong and I have to do my best to be this guy. But as he began to open up his life to me, invite me into his home, let me spend time with his kids. And like, once I saw some of the mess, I was actually like, man, actually Kevin's not the person I'm trying to attain. Yeah. I'm actually trying to attain Jesus. Like I'm, I'm actually trying to pursue after Jesus and it actually helped me frame my mentor mentee he calls me his mentee um (laughs) relationship better yeah and we have this joke because i've been a christian for longer because i came to know the lord really young he came to know the lord like right before he stepped into the church and serving in small groups so i'm like man actually i'm your mentor (laughs) yeah yeah but it's like it's only when i start to see some of the imperfections in his life that i actually began to see how good god was how good his grace was and actually gave me the freedom to not be perfect of like with works, but to like have the freedom to mess up, to be forgiven and to pursue after Jesus. Yeah. But you're right. It's weighty, man. It is. Yeah. But I think there's like, 
I think there's like two kinds of discipleship that like, I think oftentimes we think of discipleship as like, all right, let's go to a coffee shop. Let's open up our Bible. What study are we walking through? What book are we walking through? And we think that discipleship means I have theological knowledge that you need, or I have experience that you need. So let me pour into you this way. Um, and that can feel intimidating for people because like, well, I'm not a teacher. I don't know that much. So who am I to disciple? But I think like the best way is like, all right, what you just described, like, man, he invited you into, into his home. Yeah. Like he brought you around your, around his kids. Like you just did life with him. And that, that's the best way you're able to see Jesus is you're able to see Jesus in his life. Um, and, and I think that's been something that's big for me because I've like sat down, um, like the, 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 there's a guy that I disciple, we, we meet up every Friday morning and I kind of got to the point where I was just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to like, quote unquote, teach him this Friday. Mm. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like what, 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 yeah, am I, yeah. what am I supposed to do? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like so what curriculum? Just, well, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, I have to have a development plan or like a, dis-. and like, no bro. It's like it's perfectly okay to sit down and do life with somebody and like you follow Jesus, they follow Jesus, follow Jesus together. And through the ups and the downs of life, like God willing, that person will see Jesus more and you will see Jesus more throughout all of your insufficiencies as well. And insecurities about leading and pouring into other people. Um, but I think this is also something like the Bible, like talks about as a good thing. And like, as a necessity, they're like, you need a Paul, you need a Timothy. Like yeah. who is pouring into you? Who are you pouring into? Like that, that, that yeah. is just how Christianity works. Um, and so that's where I think I would encourage people. It's like, all right, it's not as scary as you may think it is. Um, who is pouring into you and who are you pouring into? Who, who is pouring their life into you and who are you pouring your life into? And that is how the gospel is spread. And that is how disciples are made. Yeah. Um, the, the older, the older I get, the longer I'm in student ministry, the more I think that is a more effective campus ministry than any, than anything else that we could do. Yeah. Like you want really great evangelism, have high quality discipleship in the church. Yep. Because you're discipling people that will go into places and be in places like I can't go into a 10th grade math class on a Tuesday afternoon because I'm a 26 year old man. And that would be weird. Yeah. But like I can pour into a 10th grader who will then sit next to somebody in class that will never come to church, that will never be around me. And now I'm discipling that person to then share the gospel with people in their class. Like, yeah, great evangelism starts with the disciple starts with discipleship. It's important to get the order right, too. It's very difficult to pour out what you have not been like, yeah. poured into. Yeah. Um. And like some of the most difficult seasons of my life were because I was not actively pursuing discipleship, like myself being discipled. And like, I think there's a reality to this where sometimes you're going to have to fight to be discipled. Unfortunately, older, wiser, seasoned people are busy and life happens and sometimes yeah. they may not be the thing or the person you were hoping for and it's something that you're going to have to fight for yeah but it is so incredibly worth it because yeah. when you're being actively poured into you have more than enough to actively pour out 
And it's like, that's the way scripture prescribes it. You have Barnabas, you have Paul, you have Timothy. It's yeah. like, who's your Barnabas? Yeah. Well, who's your Timothy? Well, and, and I think it's like, it's not like you always have to have somebody pouring into you or always have to be pouring into somebody else. Like there's like yeah. what, what scripture says is good and best. And this is what we're working towards. And then sometimes there's just the ideal and the reality of like, man, you look around, I'm like, I don't necessarily one, have the margin to pour into other people for the love of everything good. Do not pour into people. If you don't have the margin for it, don't commit to something that you cannot actually do. That's going to hurt, hurt people, hurt people, bro. That's well, empty people, empty other people. Like, Oh, that's good. Yeah. Don't commit to something that you know you can't follow through on so like create the margin in your life to then give to other people but also know that it's okay where it's like all right if it's just me and jesus right now that's cool like pray that the lord would bring that along and pray that the lord would bring somebody for you to kind of disciple and bring underneath your wing i think the problem is like it's okay to go like a certain amount of time without those things but i think when we look up and it's been 10 years or we look yep. up and it's been 15 years or like we've never actually experienced that in the first place. I think that's mm. when like the red flags kind of be like, Hey, like that's not what Jesus called us yeah. to do. And I think this sits for students, especially because they go through kids ministry, particularly student ministry, great small group leaders. Like I, I have students that have like small group leaders that have been there for like eight, nine years from middle school all the way through high school. And then, bro, you get sent off into the real world. And like now that's not programmed for you anymore. Yep. yep. Like, and man, like my encouragement for students is like, all right, now you gotta now you gotta seek that out. Yeah. And you you gotta fight that. You gotta fight for it. And I think we in the church, especially student pastors, can do a better job of encouraging our students to seek it out, not just expecting them to find it. Yeah. Empty people, empty people, hurt people, hurt people. I never even thought about that. I love that. Is it true? Like, and, and that's where the weight of like discipleship, like the responsibility of it becomes really like real because yes, we are bought by the blood of Jesus. We are redeemed by his grace. We have been saved like yes. And amen. And because of that, we will mess up, but God forgives us. But there's also a responsibility that we have to understand to steward the things that we've been given well. Yeah. And one of the things that we've been given to steward is the great commission to go and make disciples. And so while yes, we are forgiven bought by the blood and that frees us up. We also need to understand that, man, there's a responsibility that we have and we need to take it seriously. Like the mission is not a game to be played around with. Like it is something that we are called to. Well, that's something we have to go do. I think to kind of wrap a bow on this, I think first and foremost, when you're talking about like people that are empty, first and foremost, we are disciples of Jesus. Yeah. We are not disciples of whoever mentor we have in our life or disciple in our lives. Like we are disciples and followers of Jesus, meaning disciples love God's presence. They love mm. time with him. They sit with him. They are molded into his image. Like that right there. Okay, you're empty, go to him. You don't have a mentor, go to him. Like our lives should not be formed into whoever mentor or disciple is pouring into us. Our lives should be formed into the image of Jesus, whether that's through a mentor or discipler or just through us sitting with him by ourselves. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all, if you want more content just like this, check out our other episodes. We have lots of stuff. We've been podcasting for over a year, which means we have over 52 episodes, which is kind of crazy. So make sure if you haven't listened to some of them, go check them out. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can send us an email, sanctifiedish at gmail.com. If you have comments, questions, concerns, let us know. We'd love to hear from you and, uh, and maybe talk about your po- idea on the podcast. And we have an Instagram now. Um, oh, that's right. We have officially. <laughs> so It took us a year and a half. Bro, I'm just saying some people have an Instagram for their podcast before they have a podcast. It took us a year, <laughs> a year plus to actually get an Instagram for yeah. a podcast. But you can follow what us. What is it? I don't even what, know what it is. What's Instagram or what's our... No, no, no. What's, what's our, our page? Oh, well, I was going to get there if you would let me Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. I was teeing you, you up. I was teeing you up. No, you were... It's being, been a long day. It's 10 o'clock at anxious. night. I know. It's 10 um, o'clock at night. Our Instagram is <laughs> sanctified underscore ish. Sanctified underscore ish on Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok, Reagan Jones 97 Rotsiv157. Um, the, the whole goal of that... Is like the cool thing is we've grown a lot in listeners and downloads and that's awesome and fantastic. We also have no idea who you guys are and you guys don't know each other. So like one of the things that like we've really been wanting is a place for community, a place for engagement, a place where you can see like, oh, this person, this person, this person, this person, we're all going through the same thing. Um, And so the Instagram page is not necessarily there to promote like, hey, let's get 100,000 followers. The Instagram page is there for the people that want to engage with the show, that want to engage with us, that want to engage with one another. Man, this is a place where you can build some online community and it's a little home for Sanctified-ish. Look at that. Boom, Sanctified underscore-ish on Instagram. Check it out, follow us. And hey, let us know that you listened to the most recent episode. We'd love to hear from you guys. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We will catch y'all in the next one. Until next time, take care and God bless. I'm going to sleep for 72 hours. No, you're not. Actually, no, I have to be up in the morning. I'll see you at like 8 a.m. I know. (laughs) 8 a.m. Santa's coming to town. That was good. That's a a South Pole elf. Yes.